0: Welcome into a new Buff Stampede Radio. I'm Mustard Tiger, the publisher of buffstampede.com. Pleased to be joined by football analyst William Gardner and Buff Stampede staff writer Sean Niehoff. We have some some news to talk about. We're going to get into a whole season recap show, but Van Wells hits the transfer portal. It sounds like Nick Williams is headed out of town. The offseason didn't waste any time. Let's start with you, William. Uh it's been mostly negative news that's come out so far, and I try not to overreact, get emotional about it. But uh, right now, I, I get why CU fans are a little bit antsy and, and kind of waiting for that that other shoe to drop. The, you know, the positive news that they've been waiting on.
1: Well, I think it, it, part of it is the is the perspective of the last 10, 15 years when you know it's all bad news and never turns around. Uh, just, I mean, I wouldn't call this. I wouldn't call this fall okay with four wins, but you know, our our basis at this point for positivity positivity is hope, right? Hope for change. So um, the season didn't turn out the way it was expected, and so far, you know, the early part of the off is not really going great. Um, but per- personally, I, I think it's a significant loss to lose both uh, um, Weld and. Uh, uh, tank from that offensive line um you know whether he ended up being a starter or not we're going to need depth on this team too and one of the things that hurt us was not having any depth you know and and uh say what you what you want about lichtenham but he would be quality depth at that tackle spot so losing him losing wells now you got to replace your starting center and everybody thinks you're just going to dial up five-star guys and they're going to come rolling in here michigan starters or something it's not going to happen man you know and then nick williams is uh Clearly, the best recruiter on the staff and and instrumental on some of these uh, players we got right now. You know, um, I think I can make make fun of Matt Smith now that he's here. Right?
2: And this is Adam's fault. Can I just say this is all Adam's fault? He and I text and we DM on Twitter, but he decides to send me an email. I mean, you might as well have just put the bird in the mail and sent the pigeon on his way. Adam just added <laughs> t- checks email on. I heard Saturday. Matt was
1: fixing his hair, man, and then he just went. to yeah went with that's the head what was head. happening yeah
2: i couldn't decide yeah i couldn't decide if i it's rolling <laughs> we're all good, baby we're rolling Off-season's on the there. way
0: zoom just told me that my internet connection is unstable so my internet situation this this beginning of the podcast is kind of similar to colorado start to the off season <laughs>
2: going great (laughs) (laughs) Uh
1: well so we yeah we were talking about uh van wells and nick nick williams leaving and and sort of how the off season has has started off and so uh adam pitched it to me and, and was giving my thoughts on two starting offensive linemen leaving and nick williams and i don't know i mean you know i think losing these two linemen is a lot bigger deal than a lot of people seem to think but uh you know, I guess it all depends on who you replace them with.
0: Matt, welcome to the show. I'm excited you're on here. All joking aside, Sean, let's kick it to you. I, I'm curious what your thoughts are in terms of Van Wells moving on and Jared Christian Lichtenhand, and, and how that was certainly predictable based on Coach Prime's comments as the season wore on, and you expected kind of an overhaul there. But is there any concern with those two guys moving on?
3: The writing seemed to be on the wall. The day we're bringing in new guys. So I think, like William alluded to, the the depth is a is a big concern. Uh, you know, when you're trying to build out your your line for next year, and and you're building both the front line and the back line, um, you know what's behind it. So that's a concern. But I I think one of the bigger concerns, you know, for me is just with the continuity. I I think that was a big problem. And We can talk about this as we get into the the recap for last year. But, um, you know, the fact of bringing in all these guys, mercenaries, if you will, that. And now you you got half of the guys that were remaining um, in the past that kind of had losing culture. They at least seem to to kind of bleed black and gold and have some of that the, the CU tie-ins. Um, and now you're you're watching that walk out the door. So, it, you know, and that tied in with some of what Prime said, even kicking off this season where he's not a big culture guy and doesn't even know what that word means necessarily in terms of a ball program. Um <laughs> It's, it just seems like it's such a transient nature right now with, with this program, and and I, I don't know that there's a whole lot on the horizon to be excited about in terms of, of what's happening right now.
1: And just real quick, I got, I got to – you made me think, Sean, you know, we're not starting those two guards from this year either. Savion Washington be the only starter returning on that offensive line if he starts. So, we're again, we're starting over from scratch – And I'm going to tell you, you're the coach and offensive line. They don't just come together overnight.
0: Matt, let's jump to you, kind of your reaction to the news that Van Wells and Jared Christian Lichtenhan are hitting the transfer portal on Monday.
2: I, I just have to start by chuckling at Sean's mention, that prime reference that he doesn't even know what culture means. And he said that like four times at the beginning of the year. But if you look at the team meeting room, The culture twice is on either side of the giant screen so i don't really buy that anymore i just noticed that the other day when i was watching a well-off video i was like but it says it right there so what does that mean anyway um the i I wasn't surprised to see tank leave you know i mean prime had been pretty harsh with that group pretty much all year and and tank just never got better I, i you know i thought we entered the year with some some high expectations for that guy, right? Returning, one of the few returners. And I don't know that it's all necessarily his fault, right? I think Bill O'Boyle and, and just the lack of progress overall as a group kind of hampered him. Van surprised me a little bit because Adam, we had been told all year long that he and Shadur got along really well and they had a really good rapport. So I don't know if that's a situation where the staff said, Look, we're we're looking to go in a different direction, or you know, who knows what happened. I think he has a lot of promise and yeah, he struggled a, a little bit, but if you give him a full off season as, as a one, or you bring somebody else in, I don't think you see a ton of drop off at that spot. But as William said, they weren't going to start bottom. You got to go find a right guard, Savion Washington. I do think will be back. I mean, it'd be pretty hard to replace both tackles in one off season. I knew that we would be almost an entirely new group up front. I'm more interested to know who's going to be coaching that group. That's what I'm really interested to know. You know, the other day, there was uh there was a report that some some kid from Servite a quarterback got an offer and you know a quarterback without a backs coach you know I mean I'm in the building but also it's like okay maybe they have some things going on that we don't necessarily know about behind the scenes I know it's gonna be a new uh, a new group up front anyway and look the continuity point that Sean made I think is a relevant one right because if you constantly are swapping out positions then. You're not really letting anybody develop I
1: think I think continuity means a different thing on the offensive line though where you got five guys, and a lot of the problems we had this year were not necessarily the talent but the five guys doing their the right things together,
2: sure, yeah, I think that's a valid point as well and and there was a lot more dysfunction than just that, right, and so yeah. I think <laughs> I would agree with you if I felt like it was getting better or they were on track to something, but it didn't really feel like that, at least ever to me. I know the sack numbers got a little bit better, but it was also some of the things that they were doing scheme wise. They finally tried to put somebody else at tight end, right? With Zelinskis outside the line of scrimmage. So we'll see how it plays out guys. I just, you know, I, I can't sit here and honestly say that I would be super confident if they brought back the same group, just because of continuity. I mean, if I'm being real,
1: Well, I think, you know, I've been saying all along, I think it's that the offensive line coach is your biggest question mark. And and frankly, the play calling and the the scheme. So it's sort of all a whole big
2: picture that they're going to have to paint. Yeah, I agree with you 100%.
0: Not to get too sentimental, but to kind of build off Sean's point of, you know, these are guys, young men that you follow. If you're a Colorado fan, a diehard Colorado fan, and you watch them commit to Colorado, come in, develop, And Jared Christian Lichtenhand was one of those guys that was on a linear trajectory in the sense that he was going to be an NFL draft pick until I don't know if it was coaching. What happened through the first two weeks of the season? He looked pretty darn good out there. And uh, my wife was down on the field after the the game in Salt Lake City. And and Jared was was crying pretty hardcore leaving the field. Um, It meant a lot to him. And I chat with him about this at media day to to be a buff and and Van Wells as well. So that's part of it, too, that you're kind of losing when you turn over your roster year after year. And it kind of also then transitioning leads me into a comment made by Cavosier Smoke of how guys were playing selfish at times this year and how much of that is going to be a concern if you're, again, turning over the roster again going into 2024. Sean, I'll start with you. I mean, is that – something that uh, that you think matters between the lines in terms of these guys really having pride in the Colorado on, on the front of their chest or um, is that maybe overblown in, in 2024 given the the new landscape of college football?
3: No, I think I mean, I think that's a big key and I think you could see that play out even this season. you know there there's no doubt that top to bottom the the roster uh, you know is still even more talented today than it was a year ago. But, you know, I, I think it was folly to expect that, you know, what in essence I referenced earlier was an 85 man mercenary squad to come together with any sort of un- unity. And I, and I think one of the things that we really saw was a lack of leadership inside the team um, to keep them all pulling in the same direction, especially when things started to not go well. Uh, you know, preseason and early on through those those first few games, um, there was enough uh, I think hype and, and kind of external positivity built around. And I think prime did a really good job um, at, at being a kind of a master motivator at the beginning of the season. But, but after that first quarter or third of the season, you could kind of see that, you know, whether it was the, uh, the message or, or what people are going to, you know, call the, the prime shtick seemed to no longer generate the same enthusiasm, enthusiasm uh, hype or, or whatever within the team. But but it also seemed like nobody stepped up from, from inside the team. And um, you know, to to my perspective, it almost seemed like Prime lost some of his energy in being that guy. Um uh, being the raw guy and and really needed somebody to step up. And now when you you go into another offseason, you're encouraging people to leave you've got some people that are probably going to leave on their own because this wasn't what they thought it was going to be coming in and you're right back to the same starting point you were last year trying to bring together a bunch of guys probably portal heavy um that maybe not as many one-year rentals but but even a you know a couple year rentals I think you don't build going back to culture and you don't build that inside your team and you don't have a lot of that school buy-in that you know you don't have people that have been through the in the program since they were freshmen growing up through it that really have the pride in see you and kind of have that bleed black and gold um and and I think that that's that's going to be a challenge uh going forward into this next year as well until he starts to build a team that has more uh you know higher level of high school recruits that are coming up coming through the system for four or five years uh, and kind of able to to demonstrate that from from inside the team.
1: One well, that, that makes me think real quick about the that Washington State game and, and his and his thinking back on it and seeing Prime in the press conference afterwards and how sick he was and how just no energy. And that's how the team played was just the way he was that night. And I don't blame him. I'm not blaming him for being sick, but you know, thinking back on the teams that I was on, it was the third and fourth year guys who, you know, got on people late in the year when things weren't going well, Bill Coleman, you know, your four-year starter stands up. If if you don't, if you don't care enough to win the big eight, blah, blah, blah. And you don't have those guys now.
0: And now there's four guys that are left from the Carl Durrell era in terms of scholarship players returning Trevor Woods, Anthony Hankerson, Louis Passarello and Carter Edwards. Uh, Matt, Trevor Woods and Anthony Hankerson wouldn't have surprised me. Luis Passarello and Carter Edwards. I was joking with these guys before we hit record. That wouldn't that would not have been on my uh, my bingo card.
2: What that they'd still be here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean I mean if you're Passarello at this stage, you know, you were probably slated to be the starting tight end before you got hurt in camp, right? I mean, that's at least what we were being told. Because he was, you know, one of the few guys who was actually on scholarship and hell, you know, might as well stick around to see if they could pull anybody because you might end up that guy if you're fully healthy for camp this year. So yeah, but to your point with Eckerson Woods and in particular, you know, those are two guys to speak to what Sean was talking right, because they would be around for years. Those are two guys that would be culture setters, but I don't even know that that's just isolated to see you anymore with the way that college football is, you know, there, you know, I know there are a lot of people that are upset, you know, they're not singing a fight song after, after games anymore. And I get it, you know, it's part of tradition and tradition is such a big part of college football and, is that an easy thing that they could absolutely be doing? A hundred percent it is. is that a choice that they're making? Of course it is, but it's also where are the priorities right now? And the priorities right now are on the results. And I think it's interesting because Sean said that the, you know, the prime effect, his motivation kind of waned a little bit as the season went on. Well, you know, it's hard to change. It's hard to really have the same belief and buy-in when you keep preaching the same way and you're getting your teeth kicked in every week and you don't really seem to have an answer. Like, like it's it's not like they're losing badly, but but because they stack so many. They just became more and more and more impactful. And when the three of us, Adam and William, when we spoke at the bye week, one of the things I think my only goal that I that I said for the rest of the year was just don't go winless. Just win one, right? And they had one slip away against Arizona. I thought they really should have won that football game. And, you know, this is a different season if a few plays go here or there. I just really don't bud Ellie They have got it out for him because he went to Sean Lewis's defense. Anyway. He brought up a point that I thought was interesting. He said, if you look at just the actions and you take all the emotion out of it, what does it look like he's building the program for? One more year or the next four to five years? And I think, you know, you can certainly pick and choose different examples to make your argument. But I think there is something to to tie back to what Sean was saying. Are you building for four to five years down the line to have a solid foundation in your program where you're developing these recruiting pipelines with high school and you're building that tradition with your program? Or are you trying to win now so much so that you're really just foregoing some of that stuff because your focus is so you know, so much so on twenty twenty four, and I think that is something to be examined because you know we may look at it three four years down the line and go, oh boy, you know, trying to go about it this way. I mean, it just left you with nothing on the backside of it, or you know, maybe he finds a, a, a recipe. But here is the problem, guys: is you got to have the dudes. So, you know, a lot of people have been asking me, "Are you afraid? You know, what's going on? You, you know, how do you feel?" And I am going, "Well, look, I I feel like it's." unfair to judge right now because they haven't made any hires or they haven't you know signed any guys or gotten any more commits so to me it kind of feels like a little premature to 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 have some of these conversations
1: and and i would say also that, that you know they're not it's it i think part of it also i think crime believes that he can bring in those guys in the portal every year and do it in the same way and it's not entirely upper class, but you've got guys like David Connor and on the offensive line and Bishop Thomas on the defensive line, who are young guys, who, who presumably, if you can keep them around Amari McNeil, you know, will, will probably be here if you can keep him here three years. So they're bringing in some of the younger guys as well. Uh, but, but the point, you know, it's a different brand of college football, man, and get used to it. And if you don't like it, you're going to have right. to find a different sport because this is how it's going to be. But, you know, what, we'll, we're going to find out with this program and other programs what works best. Now, if you're already, you know, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, you already got that base and the game changed and you only had to fit guys in, you're at an advantage. See, you're at a very big disadvantage because you had nothing. How are you going to build it? Yep.
3: And he made no, you know, Prime made no no qualms about the fact that when he kind of laid out his plan real next year was when there was he was looking for more balance between the high school recruiting and the and the portal guys. So, you know, I think this is exactly what he laid out, the that, that he was going to do in building uh, a team so that there was, you know, a balance of competitiveness now with building for the future, but you know, we're still inside that that window that you talked about um with bringing in all these guys from the outside. So, it's it's probably a little too early to tell whether or not that, you know, that uh that scheme that that mindset is gonna be fruitful or not
2: to your point sean like how do you build a winner for next year shador is gonna be a senior right presumably the last year you have shador you don't want to go sign a bunch of freshmen so i agree with prime in that regard i do i don't have a problem with the way that he's gone about it now now you got to go get them right like you can do this and you can send guys away but if you don't actually go land these big fish that he promises they're gonna get you know That's what he said to us, Adam, in Salt Lake. He said, I promise you, we will fit every need. Now, obviously, I think he's being a little hyperbolic, but at the very same time, you better fit a bunch of them because otherwise it's going to be a lot of the same.
0: Well, that's one of the interesting things that I struggle with is that Colorado recruiting is on a different level now than it was previously. And so you struggle with some of... The defections and the lack of continuity in the program. And then we hear that Nick Williams is likely headed out of Boulder uh, to go elsewhere. 24-7 sports director of recruiting, Steve Waltbong is reporting that. And so that's a big hit to your recruiting staff. But still, today I'm choosing the coach prime experience over the alternative yeah, as a Colorado Buffalo. So we we talk a lot about uh and kind of nitpick certain things, but this is still a better position that Colorado's in. And so that's what I struggle with. I kind of go back and forth internally a little bit in the 40, 40, 20 thing with 20 being just the, the percentage of high school guys you're bringing in, that's, that's not sustainable long-term in terms of the health of a program. Um, So that's going to have to change. I think after Shador Sanders eligibility is up, but you know, right now, if I was Rick George, I would, I would extend Deion Sanders with the caveat that there's a massive, unprecedented buyout in terms of going somewhere else. But um, I'm all in on the coach prime experience. It just it's going to have to be tweaked a feel a little bit going forward for this to be sustainable for Colorado.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, I mean, at this stage, Adam, I mean, I think and, and, you know, he doesn't want to come out and admit it as much publicly because he just doesn't love to show vulnerability but i really do believe that they learned a lot from this year now now i don't know how many of the things that fans want are going to change like i know he told us that running the ball and stopping the run are priorities 1a and 1b well i don't know if that means they come out next year and run the ball 20 25 times a game with running backs right like i don't know if that makes a difference but i would Yeah, or something. Get creative with it. I remember thinking back to our bi week podcast and I said Sean Lewis was gonna be the breakout candidate and he was demoted a week later. So I don't know what to expect a lot hey, do not, of the time not, with do Coach Price. Do
1: not compliment me, please, man. Why, why is that? <laughs> you're just saying you you complimented him and a week later he's demoted.
2: Oh you're yeah, exactly. I'm the kiss of that.
1: <laughs> I, I I think one of the you know, one of the problems that you have with the but the way you're doing it right, the way he's doing it right now is, you know, you, you we've mentioned this already today, is you, you have to have backups. You have to have quality depth. Who's going to come here? Now, granted, if you bring in enough guys and they all want to be the number one, some of them are not going to be the number one, but are they going to be satisfied? Is it going to have problems in the locker room if they're not? But you got to have especially up on the lines where guys go down quarterback you got to have guys that can step in and be able to play you got to have those backups too traditionally that is your younger up-and-coming guys and so i'm not sure how you fill all those spots particularly on the offensive line where we're going to be starting over again there is at least a
0: six foot eight, three hundred sixty five pound offensive tackle by the name of Jaquan McRoy
1: on campus this weekend.
0: William, have you had a chance to to watch his film yet? This is this is a big boy.
1: Well, I think he's I think he's almost big enough to be his own backup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what he what he what he what he brings to the table and what he shows as a, as a player. I mean, I think he's got the size to be an instant instant you know, a guy you can plug in there. And the question is if he's, he's, he's been a right tackle. And I know that they're looking, uh, some of the evaluators looking at him as a right tackle, but it's not always easy to flip sides. So can Washington play the left side? He never has before, you know, and and people think it's automatic. And I'm going to tell you right now, when you got to change feet yeah. and hands, some guys cannot do it. Um, I know Bakhtiari and, and Soldier both did it, but they're, you know, not your average guys. Right. But, uh, sure. So it's not an automatic thing, but th- this, this would be the best offensive line guy we've had in here probably since Bakhtiari, I would say uh, off the top of my head. Um, if we can bring this guy in that, that, that plugs one spot to me.
2: Going back to Nick Williams real quick. Are we all kind of in the same thought process that that was done to make room for Warren Sapp or is that not related? I can't. I
1: don't. I mean, I have no idea how how whether that's true or not. If if that's true, I think that's a bad move.
0: I think what Warren Sapp needs to do is come in and be an analyst. It, it's a it's a big jump to go from retirement right. to to coaching. I I think you've got to be around the grind and. And find out if that really matters to you. And and everything we heard about what Warren Sapp was doing really well with his team when he stopped by Boulder was just hanging out with the guys, you know, after practice ended. Uh, We even heard stories of how he's going through pass rush technique in, in, you know, the cold tub. And and that's where you need Warren Sapp around your program and I think where he would be most valuable. He's certainly not going to replace what Nick Williams has shown uh, just from – a recruiting standpoint from uh, well, X is no standpoint. He is uh, a fast riser as a coach. We had a run in early in his tenure at Colorado. And I still, as I watched Nick Williams operate as the edge coach of Colorado said, you know, this is a guy that I want to play for because I know where I stand with him and he's passionate. He's going to bring it out of you every day. And so I, I'm not really willing to put a spin on Nick Williams, leaving the staff. I think that's a guy that, uh, was part of the solution, and it's going to be a tough guy to replace.
2: Okay, so that's by his own volition. You're thinking, yeah. Okay, yeah. and well, I think that is I, a big loss. Yeah,
3: I, I think that's I think that's a positive and a negative. You know, and, and a positive in terms of being able to to look to you know, uh, Prime doesn't have a coaching tree, right? He he doesn't. He's he's got a lot of connections, but he doesn't have that that established tree and guys to pull from. So you know, it demonstrates that he's got the ability to identify some unique talent, um, up and comers, and when they come in, do a good job for you, both on the recruiting side and on the coaching leadership side, and then leave for you know for better opportunities. I think that that becomes a you know a, a good sign to to other coaches that it's a place where you can come, uh, develop and and grow into new opportunities. Now I, I also think it's you know. On the negative side, he's not a guy that you want to be losing going into it to year two for all of those same reasons. So it's kind of a tough situation uh, to be in. But but I I think that, that potentially there's some positive coming out of that as you look to backfill that position and, and to look to recruiting other coaches to come on staff.
1: Well, I think you look back at. I mean, I go back to the McCartney years, and every year he brought in new guys, and they were as good as guys that were before them. And they all went on to become coordinators somewhere else and head coaches somewhere else. When's the last time a coach from CU left here? You know, to 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 to, to a positive whether whether it's a, a a good loss or not is is how you replace them. So if you bring in somebody that they can do what he does, then then it's not a loss at all.
0: Awesome guys. Well. This was totally impromptu. We have a whole list of topics we're going to do recapping the 2023 season, but we wanted to touch on some of the recent topics that have been stressing Colorado fans out a little bit here the the last few days with some of the, the news that's come out. So I appreciate you guys. Let's hop back into this and get into our season recap.